Welcome to the Start Her Five podcast by five black women in sport. We aim to inspire and empower a community of barrier breakers, illuminate experiences, uncover layers, and celebrate you, our tribe. When it comes to my student athletes, my biggest philosophy is keeping them involved throughout their whole educational experience. So you got to let the student be a part of every step of their educational journey. All right, all right, all right. We are back in full force, ready to go. Man, I don't know about y'all, but this love that we're getting is just Uh, all the energy. Yes. I just love it. The engagement on Instagram with everyone posting their queens on our comment. I just, I'm here for it. It just shows us, shows us all the different shades of brown. So thank you for tuning into our last episode. Today is a very special episode as it actually is inspired by one of our listeners. And I'm going to um, pass it off to Crystal to just share a little bit about the inspiration. But um, again, we hope this um, encourages you all to give us feedback because we love it. We love being inspired mm-hmm. by what you all need and what we can talk about. So CP, you want to share with us what today is going to be all about and what it sprung from? Yes, I can. And going back to what you were saying, Sable, about just the amount of love that we've gotten from just starting, it's been overwhelming. It's been great, y'all. It's just so good to know that we have just a lot of tribe members out there just continuing to support us and plug us into any channel that they can. And so I'm really going to shout out this one particular tribe member. Um, I hope I don't butcher your name. So I please, 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 please do not shoot the messenger. I apologize. But (laughs) I want to say it is Sintich. And the reason why I say this is because it's spelled S-Y-N-T-Y-C-H-E. I'm just going to call my my good sis Sin, if that's okay. So Sin, if you feel like you need me to correct your name and put some respect on it, just let me know. But thank you so much for this reach out and for this topic that we're going to talk about. So y'all, Sin said, hey, tribe, I just want to say that I love y'all podcast and truly look forward to it every Wednesday. No. So she says, I'm a graduating senior and I'm graduating this May and have aspirations to work in college athletics. Can y'all talk about, (laughs) can y'all talk about the preparing for life after graduation, especially as a student athlete during this year, I find myself extremely stressed and unmotivated because of the unknown of COVID-19 girl, Mm. (laughs) you get to the choir and just whether to go straight into grad school or wait. Also, the job market wants two to three years of experience, but I also am busy with sports and school. I truly love and needed this podcast. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much, Simba. The last part, that two to three experience, oh, we definitely going to talk about that because I know we all were hit with that many times during our job search. I really like this um, topic and I brought it to the group because, you know, us being just so many different experiences, us sharing our different shades of brown last week, I thought it'd be really cool for us to kind of build off of last week's topic and kind of talk a little bit more about what we actually do. Not necessarily where we're at, but like, you know, what we do, the impact that we have on the young people. And so knowing that me, Sable and Kayla used to be former student athletes and then Niche and Grace being the great practitioners that they are right now. um, I just thought it'd be really cool for us to get different perspectives of when we were in college. And if we had student services who helped us out, how we transitioned into college and then having Niche and Grace talk about just the gaps they see when students come into college and how they can best prepare themselves and even some best practices of how they can um, put themselves in the best position after college. I just think this is a really good topic and I'm really, really excited because I know we're going to always talk about this Mm because this is what we do. Um, I'll ask Sable and Caleb, was there ever a student services, character formation, sod office? I don't know. Was there anybody there that like was helping you all? My first, specifically my first two years in undergrad at Jacksonville, I had no idea what student athlete development was. I knew I had to go in there to meet my advisor and then that's it. Like I wasn't thinking about resumes. I was not thinking about career fairs. I'm like softball junkie to the max tunnel vision. Don't Mm -hmm. care. And my junior year, or I knew that some of my teammates were on SAC, but I didn't know what it was. I thought it was a weird name for a group. And (laughs) I just kind of went with it. Like I wasn't even thinking about it. So 
my junior year, um, we had, we got new advisors and then SAC advisors and things like that. Um, but I didn't start to really hone in on anything probably until like my last semester of junior year. Um, mm -hmm. And that was really about it. Like I didn't know resources, you know, to even tutoring. I really didn't even, I'm like, I thought tutoring was asking my teammate. <laughs> oh my God. Same I'm like, oh, no. like, wow. for oh, real, God. for real. Like we just, our tutoring was at the top floor of the library and it was for all students. Like it wasn't a like, I just, uh, okay, okay. I didn't know. So I'm like, I'm asking my teammate, you took this class that one time. What's, what am I doing? So, um, <laughs> But I would say like my senior year, I started to open my eyes, but there really wasn't anything solid until then anyway, so. Wait, so were you in SAC? I was in SAC. Yay! Because you oh, take SAC. me as like a president. I can see you being president of SAC. Me too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I, I don't remember what my title was. I wasn't president, Oopsie. but um, I was, right. uh, I think I was community outreach and like social mm -hmm. media or something. I knew like you were that. something. I knew you were. I knew <laughs> I you were involved. Sad. I just know you. Right. Was she, was, she was on the executive board. Just know that. She right. won't remember. She was, right. she was wow. on the executive board doing something. Oh, Lord. Wait, so Sable, you said that you didn't realize SAC existed. So what year was it when you realized it existed and you actually like really got involved? And like, how did you feel about being involved in SAC? And I would just yeah. say, like, explain what SAC is, because some people. Yeah, that too. I'd be more like than SAC. happy to. Go ahead. Sadly, <laughs> student athlete SAC. Student athlete advisory committee. And basically, if you are familiar with the student government association on campus and high school, it's very similar, but from a student athlete standpoint. So where student athletes can come um, and vote on legislation, but also share any concerns or anything that they need for their voice. So really important group, really powerful group, and it has potential to be very um, impactful on student athletes. However, it looks very different depending on what school you're at, the resources, if someone is solely devoted to being a SAC advisor. And I think all of you know, being mm -hmm. a SAC advisor is a whole jo job in itself. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, but I was in SAC and Grace, to answer your question, I think it was, I think it was my junior year when I got injured I didn't know, like I was, I didn't, mm. couldn't play, couldn't practice. So that was kind of the time that opened my eyes. Like, oh, I need to do something other than just softball. Okay. So I started going to meetings. And then by my senior year, I was um, on the e-board or executive mm -hmm. team, whatever you want to call it. So, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm curious. Um, I'm curious, Crystal, how was it for you? Yeah. So just listening to you and Kayla talk, it's, <laughs> So funny how you say like just different every institution, every place, every team. My coach, like when I came on my visit, I went straight to our student services office. Like she made me meet Marcus and Corey, like as soon as I got there, mm -hmm. sat at the table with them just to talk about what their office could do. And to be honest with you, if you ask my mom, that was probably the selling factor for her was just mm -hmm. how in tune my coach was about the office. Like she wanted us to be um, in that office and knowing exactly what's going on. And even when I came on the team, because, you know, it's different because we could probably talk about this on the recruiting visits where coaches bring, you know, certain people to your office and say, Tell, you know, give them a spill about what they can do and all that stuff. And then when they come, you ain't never see them. Say it so louder it's just for like, the people in the back. So one thing about my coach is that she not only spoke it, but she walked it as well. And so when I got there, like our first team meeting, she had Marcus and Corey come into our come into our team meeting and talk again about what they do and how they can benefit us. But then she also broke us up into like different groups. So we had an A group, a B group that did community engagement. Um, she told us about all the programming that was coming out of their office and like made sure that we marked it on our calendars. If you didn't go, like you need to come to her wow. office and explain why, like, she was really, really on. And wow. I know not a lot of coaches are like that. And for her to also be a winning coach, it's mm. just, that's Deep why point. I get so upset with coaches today. Cause I'm like, you can do both. Like there's yes. a such thing as being yeah. a winning coach, but also care so much about your student athletes yeah. because my coach did it. And she's currently still doing it probably at USC right now. So like wow. she's a national coach, but she's also making sure that we're young ladies at the end of the day. And she said that many times. She was like, once you leave here, you're a representation of me. So I can't have y'all out here in the streets looking all type of crazy or not getting like real degrees because mm -hmm. it's going to come back on me on whether or not I'm a good coach. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I think I just came into a different situation than most people because she was really on top of us, like being 
at those programs. And I know for one, one thing I remember is one of my teammates um, didn't go and she lied about it, about why she didn't go, whatever. And my coach punished her by making her clean, um, clean up the, the training room with our athletic trainers. She was like, no, wow. since you want to play, you're going to be their assistant for today Ooh. because they obviously Ooh. a lot need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And it was so she was really serious about like, if you like don't play with me right now, because this is really important for you all to get to know. So mm. that is so interesting because my coach <laughs> was <laughs> sorry. Y'all, we was running like we had to hate it. She's going to know we had to hate your life. And if you do something, we running. We running. Woo, child. Yikes. Yikes. I mean, the Yikes. fact that y'all were winning on top of that, y'all were doing well, is a testament that both can be done at the same time mm-hmm. because, like, it's hard for people to think that. But my coach was so different. Like, he was just very much, he would just say, you know, I want you guys to make good grades. I want you guys to stay on top of your work, all that stuff. But he was never very pushy when it came to be involved with this, be involved with that. I just, I was in SAC, I think my last two years. And he was like, Kayla, that's really good. Everyone, this is really good. This is good that we do. I'm like, okay. But, you know, other people on my team were like, all right. <laughs> like, let's just play volleyball. But, <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I love that about a coach because you can push both. And I don't know. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. People was, make time for what they want to make time for. Hello. Say it again. Say it again. It's what you yeah. value too. Like you got these 18, 17 year old kids coming in and like they're your kids now. Like that's all they're going to know. That's all they're going to be accustomed to you're going to spend more time with them than you do your own kids at home. And so why would you not want to make sure that they're good human beings once they leave your, I don't know, your team or just even when they're with you, like who wants to deal with a knucklehead? Nobody. So why not try to instill it to them? Like my coach was not on, man, just the many stories I have about her. She was just not on top of that at all. Like PTSD I have sometimes where I'm like, if I don't come on time, like I'm running. I'm running. Or burpees or if I'm going to the store I want to wear a scarf on my head and she used to get so mad about like if you wore any type of headdress or something like you look ratchet you don't know you need to bring make sure you present your best self when you're coming out here because at the end of the day you're representing me and you're like it's not even that but it is it is that serious because she said nobody's gonna know that you're an intelligent person based on how you present yourself they're not going to take the time to come up to you and say Oh, you have two masters? No, they're gonna look at you and be like, mm, "That's who it is." Boom. We had some good directors too, because Marcus, being the Ooh. best that he was, and just also being a former track and field athlete and knowing what it felt like to be, you know, injury stricken and having to figure out what next steps look like, I think that also just helped with um, us being able to relate to him when he did come to our team meetings to talk to us, because she also had additional programming with the team by itself, because she just said mm-hmm. we just needed just more work, more time to communicate and develop. But I think that's just a testament because she knew the the people that she had to cater to. Track and field is a predominantly black sport. So I do think, you know, it's people's duties to do that. So sometimes it does irk me when you have like some of these football programs that are like, oh, I'm going to treat you like family. I'm going to treat you like family. And then they get there. They don't tell them to go to no student athlete development programs, no academic meetings, no tutoring. So you got Grace over here at 11 o'clock at night trying to get <sighs> to, to come to meetings or Sable trying to plan a program and nobody show up. Nobody so, show up. That accountability. So I'm just like proud that you said that about coaches because mm-hmm. they can do it. They just, they don't. And that's the part that breaks my heart sometimes because it's the, predominantly black sports that are missing out. Nisha, I would, I 100% agree. I think that's probably as a student athlete development practitioner, all of us in academics and internal relations, I think that's the biggest frustration for me. Um, And we'll get to the gaps here in a second, but I think now that we're in it, like we see the gaps and then we see what could fill them and they're not being, we cannot be the only ones holistic 
we can't we can't be the only ones at that angle with only one angle trying to hold these student athletes accountable and unfortunately in predominantly black sports majority right like there's certain sports that it, it's interesting no matter what institution that i've been at or colleagues they're consistent like oh yeah this team this team this you two okay mm. and it, it just it's really frustrating so i'm curious nisha and grace from your um, perspective and we've been talking about just different sports and then crystal talked about the relatability that she had with her um, directors of student athlete development and for you two what is your philosophy in relating to student athletes and bringing a different perspective um, just based off of you you all's background like what is your philosophy in this space Ooh, look, Nisha's, I wish y'all could see Nisha's eyes get big. <laughs> <laughs> I love when she does that too. Uh, okay, wait, just let me tell you. Well, I would say my biggest philosophy with student athletes, because I'm, look, everybody, I'm on the academic side. Everybody on this call, I wish y'all can see, but it's student athlete development. Academics is, is a hard knuck life. Not the student athlete development isn't, but academics is a hard knuck life because- sometimes you're at schools that don't have student athlete development. So academics has to play Mm. all that. And for me, Mm -hmm. I've been at different places where I've kind of been spoiled because there were always people to do student athlete development. Then I'm, I'm the academic person. So I just worry about the academics, but when it comes to my student athletes, my biggest philosophy is keeping them involved throughout their whole educational experience. So you got to let the student be a part of every step of their educational journey. Mm-hmm. Don't just put them, we don't just put them in stuff like, oh yeah, you should just take math. You should just take this. I'm about to explain to you why you need to be in this class wow. or mm-hmm. you need a philosophy. Um, you have to fill a philosophy requirement. What are you thinking? Look at these classes. Like, what do you, you know, what do you know about these subjects? I like for the kid to be involved because that's how you learn when you have, and then this is not my experience. I got two degrees. I'm good. This is for you. So (laughs) you need to know what you're doing, why you're doing it. And what along, I'm going to walk alongside you to make sure you make it. And I always ask my students when I meet them, like, what do you want to do? What are your goals? I ask them like, you know, when I was working with um, football, basketball, if you didn't have a ball in your hand, what you want to do? If you weren't playing ball, if you weren't on the court, you weren't on the field, what you want to do? If you're not running, if you're not passing the baton, what would you want to do? And when you ask the student that, they do look at you like, what do you mean what I want to do? You know, I want a ball, you know, no, but you have to try to invoke that question in them because that's what gets their mind stirring because that helps them start thinking beyond the field, beyond the sport. Because I wasn't a student athlete, but I think student athletes have a luxury of having a department just mm-hmm. for them yes. you have mm-hmm. a place where you have advisors just for you people who will help you with your resume just for you you telling me that you're not going to take advantage of this blessing that has been put upon you no <laughs> Grace, I, I respect that so much and I respect people and you and people in your position so much because that takes so much patience too Ooh. I feel like I feel like a lot of times we we as in athletics or this industry push into certain things just because it's push them into certain things because it's convenient but for you to just to hear you say like I want them to be involved with this that takes patience a lot of conversations mm-hmm. facetimes text messages uh crucial conversations like that is so important but I just I admire your patience through that process with them oh, I'm working on it <laughs> it does take patience and I will say this um before I pass it over to you Nish. It helps when you guys were talking about the coaches. Accountability is the important thing. When you have somebody backing you up, mm-hmm. like listen, listen to your advisor, listen mm-hmm. to your student athlete development person. You need to be there. It makes such a huge difference because it is a lot. It does take a lot of patience for me to build trust with that student athlete. Where I'm just going because I love Miss Grace, so that's the only reason why I'm going. Well, he he's there. But it does help when you have another backing to get the students to like be more involved in their experiences and want to just branch out and learn more, go to the career fairs and all that stuff like that. So, and then just to be relatable in my office, we don't, 
we don't have a specific sport team like Grace would have in academics. So I have touch points with all the student athletes. So it really helps to be personable because it's that one student athlete who's going to be like, no, go to Nisha's office. Like she real cool, blah, blah, blah. So it's really me (laughs) being myself and then them word of mouth coming and getting their resumes done and being in leadership positions because no, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, you don't have a choice, but you're going to apply. Thanks. (laughs) My students know if I, not they don't have a choice, but it's a highly push them to be their highly best. Highly recommended. Yes. For me, it's so interesting to look back on my experience as a student athlete because I was super involved in other things. Like I did study abroad, which no one else on my team did. And I basically told my coach, look, I've always wanted to go to Paris. I have my <laughs> opportunity and I'm taking it. And he was not happy. Well. You have that memory now, don't you? Right. <laughs> like, I took full advantage. I just did a lot of things outside of my sport that a lot of my other teammates, a lot of other athletes didn't do, but it was still so hard to graduate because you've built your identity around being an athlete for so long and training for so long just to be the best athlete that you could be to get to where you are in college and then all of a sudden bam it's done and it's so hard to just move on and think of other things like you don't have anything guiding you anymore if that makes sense there's always something driving you being an athlete like I want to be the best outside hitter in this conference or I want to be the best at this I want to make the record book do all this stuff and so then all of a sudden oh what am I striving for I don't know and even for Mm -hmm. me being someone who was super involved that was such a hard transition but I think like someone was saying earlier just capitalizing on you being a student athlete now what can you do now people love student athletes like love them love they love the school they love that you're playing in front of thousands of people or whatever capitalize on that that's why I like to tell the athletes that I work with like capitalize on the fact of the platform that you have right now mm-hmm. there are people that want to meet you mm-hmm. and that's okay use them for that too like right. the school is using your name yes you're in what league, you're good right? at and there's nothing wrong with yeah, that and it's there's nothing, wrong nothing. Go through the process use those Be connections honest. use your personality you use the fact that you're an athlete all the things that you get from being an athlete and network like yes. I didn't even know what networking was until I got to grad school. I'm like, oh, this is what this is what my mom kept telling me to do this whole time. <laughs> but to be honest, like, and because this is like a black sports podcast, that's what their counterparts are doing. They're mm-hmm. using their network. It's yep. just our kids are not using mm-hmm. their network because they only see one track mind mm-hmm. and. That's what I really try to push. Like that, what, I think that's the part that everybody misses is that connection. Everybody knows somebody. I know there was an activity that we used to do um, where we would just have a show of hands of how many of you all um, know a doctor? And of course, there's some people raise their hand. How many of you all know? And so it's just interesting when you go back to it and say, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer, I'm not, but I know somebody who's in that realm who, mm-hmm. as you're talking to me and telling me that I want to be in law enforcement or I want to do this and that, I'm thinking of people in my network who I can connect you with. Mm-hmm. Just because I have this certain industry or this certain title doesn't mean that I can't be a blessing or some type of connection yeah. to you in some way. And I try to tell our student athletes, especially when we do mock interviews or networking night, because a lot of times they want to assume that we're going to get let me think, the Houston Rockets or the Apples or, um, you know, just companies. And then, and then when they don't see it, they're like, well, this is, they, they're, they're my, my major's not here. I don't want to go. And it's like, well, well, this is the perfect y'all, opportunity. Y'all, this is my life last week. Right. But like, this is the perfect opportunity for you to start working on those networking <laughs> skills that we talk about in our program mm-hmm. for you to build connections. Because if you go to Sally Mae and she's a school teacher, but then you just start talking to her and next thing you know, you find out her husband's- uh, Sally Mae. <laughs> Sally Mae is your student loans. But you said that it gave me PTSD for a second. <laughs> 
Why you had to bring that up, Crystal? Like, Let's use a know, different like, name. I was looking at my loans this morning with like just a sad Run thing. it back. Run it back. Wait- I'm still waiting for you, Joseph. Where when are you gonna give me my ten my ten thousand? Hello. So when you ask you, Sally Mae, I'm like, oh, so she's trying to teach them networking skills to finesse the student loan. <laughs> <laughs> teach me that. Exactly. Right. If I talk to her for a little bit, she might tell me some pointers on how I can get my student loans forgiven. Listen, so, we got the first 100 days. We're going to wait on it. Right. But no, just going back again to just the connection piece. We all, yeah. everybody knows somebody in this world. You, you know what, Crystal? I go back to when I was coaching softball in the recruiting days. I think student athletes don't realize a lot of the things that we're trying to open their eyes to, they've already done networking, personal branding, um, just the two degrees of separation It's the recruiting process. You branded yourself. I see it on Twitter. You branding yourself because you're tagging everybody and their mom on your little (laughs) skills video tweets. So that's personal branding. (laughs) Okay. No, for real. For real. And and then, and then even what do you say, CP? I got all these YouTube and Instagram challenges that literally people can get into their bags with. I don't. Right. Just we're seeing it. They see it all the time. But then even with the recruiting process too, coaches talk. So yep. you're not just performing for the coaches that are at the field or the court or whatever. But coaches, if they don't need a center or if they don't need a quarterback or if they don't need a center fielder they're talking to their friends who needs one so hey I saw this person here's a video so I just think the more and more we can make it really real to them and just be like hey remember when you had to talk to coaches at that one camp it's the same thing when you're going to networking events or you know if you talk to one company or one person like they have connections that have connections that have connections so when I was coaching it was it was funny because I'm like they're learning personal branding already two things that I want to talk about because I know when I was a student athlete and the real turning point for me where I was like, yo, I really need to be more than just a student athlete was when I went to a networking event. And I think as student athletes, you just assume that people are going to want to talk to you. So you don't really have to bring much to the conversation because of who you are. And so I know for me, I would go to somebody, went to one of the employers and say, hi, my name is Crystal Peterson. I'm on the track and field team. And that was it, because I'm assuming the person is going to take the conversation and ask me all the questions. And then, of course, I'll fill in because you're asking me what you want to know and not me just giving you all the information up front. And that's the piece. You have to give the information all up at front. I need to know what your major is. I need to know what you want to do after college. And even if you don't know what you want to do, like, are you doing something in school? Are you in an organization? Are you um, doing community engagement? Those type of things. And so... That was really a gut a gut punch because the person just looked at me and said, "Oh, that's cool." Mm. Ooh. Yes, they just looked at me straight in my face and said, "And what else?" And I said, <laughs> "No, you are supposed to ask me questions because I already told you who I am. I'm Crystal Excuse Peterson." Me? Like, what else do you want to know? Like, what are you doing? Who are you? Who are you? And then that leaves a bad taste in your mouth because you're already like this person's not talking to me they're already making me feel uncomfortable so i'm right. gonna just go by the food the food table food, and just stand oh, food table and this sounds a little like this is such a personal <laughs> experience she's giving listen <laughs> not with me chris because i'm gonna just drag you to the next one and be like excuse me how many you said you talked <laughs> that's to exactly what my directors like, would do they're like no no hey yeah <laughs> hey christine Crystal would love to meet you she yeah. is so excited about this opportunity that we have <laughs> Crystal, go ahead. Uh, and then you just walk away I, and leave them there. And they're like, and I, and I politely and make a walk away. And make a smooth exit, too. Right. She yep, probably smooth. just smooth exit, Arthur. And you just had to talk at this point. <laughs> oh, man. No. I, think, I think that's so important, though, because somebody pushed one of us at one point and, like, mm-hmm. made us really uncomfortable. Or mm-hmm. I remember when I was that junior year, my advisor was like, yeah, so – you're a leader and so I'll see you on Tuesday night at SAC and I'm like I still don't know what that means but sure (laughs) whatever that is but I showed up and I was like damn like this is what I needed this is what I've been looking for and yearning for I didn't know this existed I always wanted to meet other students but then there was networking opportunities with that and I think the other thing is when opportunities come and I'm sure you all know emails like hey we're looking for 
we need this student athlete to be at this event, or it might be an etiquette dinner type situation. And we go to our SAC groups, we go to the student athlete leaders, and then that gives them the experience. I remember the first time I was at a, a fancy dinner in etiquette, I'm like, who do I get the bread from? I just passed it away. <laughs> I, just, I started eating the bread right away before the prayer. It was really bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, the fork, yeah, the forks are the, the part that's hard. Which fork do you eat with? But they teach you Student athletes have so much access to things that regular people mm-hmm. don't like. Yeah. I have never, until I got into this field, I had never went to an etiquette dinner. But y'all had it on a silver platter. Just what? wait. Everything wow. provided. Coming out of y'all's pocket. Sorry, that reminds me of student athlete privilege and like the privileges that I, I yes, really, when you said it. that, yeah. I didn't even think about that. So I'm curious to know what other things, when it comes to like privileges that student athletes have, like what have you seen that maybe myself and even Crystal and Kayla, like we don't realize the privilege that comes with being a student athlete. I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> Access to jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm super glad. I know y'all heard about my journey, but I I do think student athletes have a faster trajectory mm-hmm. um, to different titles, even if they're not qualified, just yep. because you are a student athlete. And people will assume that you have that experience because you are a student athlete. <laughs> and that's not always the case. So a person like myself or Grace, who go to school for it and try to get the education and try to provide an outside perspective may get overlooked because of what but I think that it's good because it's the student athletes who capitalize on it will make the most out of it so it's not a negative thing if you use it in the right context but to use your privilege to actually educate yourself so that you can become a leader I think sometimes there are some former student athletes who have been given roles that they may not have been ready for and they don't do the work to fully develop themselves and to be leaders. So then you have, oh, well, I was a former student athlete and now I'm the X, Y, Z of this department. If you do have that privilege, just like in any kind of privilege, you have a duty to educate yourself and learn and continue to learn because it affects other people as well. You got, you, you, you can go Grace if you No, that was good. That's, that's honestly true though, because I think just you having the title student athlete so many people don't realize that that connection, like you said, with alum that or the connection that you built, like there's literally I've seen where like, for example, Enterprise is a good example. They have a thing where they just hire student athletes. It's amazing. Yeah. So it's like for you, for a lot of us, we um, who weren't student athletes, like you said, we should we kind of have to make our way up there. But not saying every student athlete is privileged and all those things. I know every school is different, but for the most part, leverage what you have and what you, what opportunities you have. And I think a lot of student athletes don't understand the importance of like student athlete development and stuff. Sometimes it's, I had a student who called me, I think I told you guys a couple of weeks ago and was like, damn, I should have listened when y'all was talking about the resumes and cover letters. Cause now I got to do a resume. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. That's a prime example. Don't get me started. But I just hope that even after this podcast and just as we continue to do our jobs, that students will realize the importance of having a resource like us and our departments and what that can do for them later down the line. Grace, I think you bring up a great point. And I, I'm thinking of it actually on the other side of it too, where I have seen student athletes not give themselves enough credit for what the tangible skills that they did learn while they were a student athlete. And, um, especially our our female student athletes and just like reading job descriptions and saying oh I can't do that I I don't have experience in this I'm like um so sit down uh you're a captain right okay so you've led a team um (laughs) you have you've had to have real crucial conversations with people right okay so effective communication skills like just checking those things off of the job description of trying to get them to understand the things that they've gone through and they're four or five and now with COVID sometimes six years um, you know, getting them to realize that a lot of those things are job experience. However, humbling them to make sure that they're not entitled or feeling like they should be have a 
Nisha uh, a title that we we both you and I and people Thank are you. fighting for right like hold up what y'all be looking at let's sit down and just humble ourselves a little bit <laughs> however but I actually do really quick Sable for you and Kayla and Crystal because before we kind of move on why don't you guys explain to like the listeners what do you all think are good characteristics that you have been able to take into the workplace mm-hmm. um because to go back to you know our girl sin like what she said what are some of the things that she can be proud of right now that you all feel like you have had yeah i an easy one for me to say is being able to collaborate with people being able to work on a team um i think i'll naturally just i like to work with people i like to be on teams but specifically being on a sports team volleyball you're literally playing next to five other people an entire set game just that collaboration piece being able to take criticism or not necessarily criticism I guess but things to make you better like people are your coaches consistently telling you ways that you can be better and being able to take that and also growing that that's huge not a lot of people can do that you know and Mm -hmm. those are just a few things where for me I feel like that was very helpful be able to juggle a lot of things at one time because being a student athlete is a job it's a job being able to balance trying to be successful in your sport be successful in class have a social life sleep all that stuff a lot of people can't juggle a lot of things like that at one time in addition to everything that you just said is resilience and just putting my head down and getting the thing just getting things done like I I think back to my time as a student athlete and there were so there were probably more things that I didn't feel like doing and didn't want to do than Mm -hmm. there actually was things that I wanted to do like constantly being having stuff put on your calendar um, certain places that you had to go practice weights um, traveling and which are, which are great. The traveling part is great, but however, just those times that you want to just chill for a second or the times that you just need to yourself or um, the frustrating moments in season, you're in season, you're dealing with home, you're dealing with academic things, you're dealing with all kinds of stuff, but you have to push through. Like you don't have a, you don't have a choice. If you, for me, I would see just general students, they would skip class without any type of precaution, but maybe some mm. internal disappointment or maybe disappointment from other people. For us, it was like, if you miss class, yeah, uh, you can in trouble. You in trouble, trouble. <laughs> so you, trouble. <laughs> yeah, there was one time and I would never, I never did it Ooh, again. Say, well, you miss class. One right, table, look, coming from the academic I'm not happy. No. One time. Y'all, all right, you know, I'm done giving y'all the team. I'm over it. <laughs> I'm over it already. I'm done. You just had to put your head down. Like you just had to grind. So I think now even just with work or even in life, it's like, okay, yes, all this stuff sucks or things are, are just negative, but you, what are you going to do? You right. just got to put your head down with it. And I retweet both what you and Kayla said, because I feel like that's just a running theme in athletics. But for me, um, thinking about our girl sin, I would just say saying yes to opportunities that people pre- that yes. people bring to you mm-hmm. or present to you, especially those that may be in your student services or your academic advisor or your learning support. Like if they bring an opportunity to you for you to grow, just take it. It may feel uncomfortable. It may feel kind of icky at first, but you'll thank yourself in the long run. I'm telling you right now, saying yes to opportunities, resiliency, because I also had a not a career ending injury, but an injury that took me out for a season. And so having to try to figure out who I was, but then also trying Mm -hmm. to be motivated and um, empowering and encouraging towards my teammates and my coach. Mm -hmm. It's just so many things that you're just trying to juggle all at once as a young, as a young person that once you get to the real world, you won't realize it that you've already been there, Mm -hmm. but just going back to just the experience and um, putting yourself in just positions to get it is where is where you're going to thrive soon. So I would just say, if you're trying to be in sports or just be an athletic administrator, go find those people that you look up to in your um, department and go shadow them. Yeah, I I think one thing you said, uh, well, everything you said, Crystal and Sable was great, but 
just being open to different opportunities and going and getting those opportunities just by going to events, I think mm-hmm. is huge. And shout out to my mom because my dad played football in college, but my mom was not an athlete at mm-hmm. all. And she always would tell me in high school, I don't want you, Sable, I see you smiling. <laughs> <laughs> No disrespect to my mom. She's athletic, y'all, but she was not an athlete. But she would be like, I don't want you to be another Black woman, another Black athlete who all they care about is sports. Mm -hmm. So when something's going on, you are going to be there. In high school, she would tell me that all the time. I used to roll my eyes like, dang, my mom got me going to this and this. Mm -hmm. But when I got to college, I went to everything. My teammates were like, I can't believe you're going here after practice. Aren't you tired? I'm like, yeah, but yeah. I'm gonna go. You never know. And I felt like I met so many people just by going to different events or being meeting someone else and being like, oh yeah, I went to that event in college. Oh, I did that too. And I and that starts a conversation. It's just yes. opening yourself up to going to things even when you're tired, even when oh, I do not want to go here. I don't want to go there. Shout out to my mom, because I know I complained about that in high school, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kayla, shout out to your mom, too. And all the moms out there who do yes. that. No, but really, Kayla's mom, she be lit with us. <laughs> okay. Uh, where is mama at? Yeah, we need to get mom on an episode. Time out. Right. What? Listen, that <laughs> would actually be really too. funny, because my mom has a lot to say. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned, tribe. Stay tuned. We need her. She's crazy. She's crazy. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows Miss Kim is crazy. I love it. Well, looking at at Sin's note as well, I do want to touch on the stress and unmotivation part, the extreme stress, because I can remember back when it was my senior year and I was trying to figure out, am I going to go to the DeVos program, graduate school? Am I going to stay for my fifth year? what do I do? I don't, I knew deep down in my heart, I was done with softball, like no matter what with, with grad school. So I was really stressed out of like, I think no matter what, it's just the unknown. So COVID, we don't know when the job market's going to go back up. Um, you don't know, you don't have this closure and stress, but my advice to you, Sin, would just be to be where your feet are. And Crystal says this all the time, like bloom where you're planted, be where your feet are. Just like CPU just said, no matter where you're at, like go and be a fly on the wall in programs, go instead of like, just be more intentional with your informational interviews. Instead of just asking very general questions, pay attention to what that professional is into. Look at their Twitter, look at their LinkedIn, ask them about a specific initiative that they just did or have coming up and and just pay attention to that. And I think it's inevitable. I don't want to say don't be stressed because it's inevitable. We're human beings. However, trust just really trust the work that you're putting in and like lean on that instead of leaning on the unknown that would just be my advice I wish somebody told me that when I was a senior because that's amazing yep it was rough I do feel I was not a student or student athlete in COVID that's I think that's the man yeah I wasn't so I, I don't have advice for that but however I think the unknown and the anxiety is understandable so and I think just one thing that I tell you know my student athletes now is that nobody ever in life outside of us will be able to say we live through COVID-19 so if ever you get a job interview and they ask you well what's the hardest thing that you've had to overcome say COVID-19 hey. COVID <laughs> but on top of that we had to do COVID-19 social injustice political unrest <sighs> you have a lot to just capitalize on and use it to those benefits because there are some trigger words that people look for and guess what COVID-19 social injustice and political unrest are Mm -hmm. definitely going to be words that if you say it people are going to feel convicted to just be like wow you know what you're right this was a lot and they're not going to shame you for that so use it to your benefit it's unfair right now and it's a lot but sometimes you just have to flip a bad situation and make it work mm-hmm. for you. Yes. Yeah. I want to touch on that positivity. This sounds corny, but 
<laughs> that's what got us through 2020 though it's just that glimpse that little hint of positivity just know that this is not the end all be all like we will get through this we will get past the social injustice we will get past COVID we almost there if people would just act right but we will get past <laughs> all this like we will get there and you can look back and see how resilient you were You'll look back and see how disciplined you were, especially as a student athlete, like the balance you guys have to be able to balance, say, but like you were saying, the schedule of having weights, then nutrition, then games, all these different things, the time management, the communication, discipline, all that is going to be able to roll over to everyday life because that's what we're sitting here doing as adults. And if I was a student athlete, maybe I would be able to learn how to get up in the morning and get ready for work and be on time and not be rushing. But say that again, because look, y'all, 5 a.m. I show up. I'm here. Right. (laughs) For me, it's a struggle. And I kind of wish I had that. But lo and behold, there's so much that you can take. COVID, actually, if you really look at it, it's a blessing in disguise because there's people who are working from home now who will be willing to talk to you that may not have been able to be willing to talk to you before. So look, hold your head up, baby. We gonna be all right. You gonna be all right. I'll add um, one more thing and then I have a question, but I'll say too, I learned this in grad school, um, which I wish I would learn sooner. It's just doing cold calls, which sounds really scary, but just reaching out to people like, I think I'm into this. I think I wanna do this. I'm not sure about it. Let me look up who does this at Coca-Cola or MTV. I don't know. Anywhere you want, you think you want to be and just call that person, that position that you want to be in. I would suggest doing that. Um, but for my people that also went to grad school, which is all of us, I know that she asked that question. I know that our girl Sin asked that question about going straight after or waiting. And I would just say on that, I did so much research to go to the grad school that I went to. Um, I knew nothing about it. I just happened to look it up. I was like, you know, I want to get back into sports or I, I want to mix business with sports. And lo and behold, there goes DeVos, good old DeVos. <laughs> and I did not go straight from college. I didn't go straight from undergrad. And I know a lot of people who went straight from undergrad. So I think there's benefits in both. But I think the most important thing is to find a program that really resonates with who you are as a person and who you want to be. I think my journey to grad school was a little different because I did take a year off, but I was competing. And so you know how that goes when you redshirt. It's like, I'm just going to take that year to not do BS classes. But I think for me, I wanted to, I was a health science preclinical major. So I wanted to do something along the lines of like either being a PA or just going to med school. Um, And so I was really working hard to just try to go to grad school in the healthcare department. But kind of going back off of what Sid said about the experience and just stressed and unmotivated as a student athlete, that also is a hindrance to ourselves when we're trying to go to grad school, because a lot of times they're going to tell us you don't have enough experience or how do we know you're going to be able to excel in this program? And that's what happened to me. So I took my year off or my redshirt year and tried to get as much experience as I could um, in the healthcare. So I like did some shadowing in clinics, all types of stuff. And it was really Buxton. I gotta shout out my man Buxton because I, I took his class as a buffer class because I was like, I'm interested in sports business. I've heard some really great things from my teammates who took his class. I've heard about this guy named Jeff, whoever he is. Like, I've just heard so many great things about the sports business program coming out of UCF from an undergrad level, not even the graduate level. And so I took his class and Man, if you know anything about Scott Buxton, he is the man, 100 grand. And so he rocked my world when I took his <laughs> class. And I I had, to, and he was the one that approached me about going into DeVos because I think he knew me through just being in SAC and just how involved I was with Corey and Marcus and our department in general. And so he was the one who brought the idea of 
going to grad school and then my soccer coach. So I wasn't a soccer player, but because of SAC and again, talking about those connections, um, one of the soccer coaches remembered me from a skit that we did for an award show. And he actually approached me about going to DeVos too and said, wow. I think it will be perfect for you. You should definitely do it. And I pushed him off so many times. Brian, I'm so sorry, but I appreciate you and your family because I told this man, no, I'm not going to do it because DeVos is one of the best of the best. I'm not even that good of a student to even get in it. And honestly, he was the one that pushed me and then meeting all of everybody. It's just crazy how, again, you need to talk to your tribe or you talk to your constituents about whether or not, you know, going to grad school, taking a year off is good for you. Yeah that leap of faith. And I think that just connected everything that we talked about today with Nisha just kind of pushing people like, nope, you about to go talk to this person. <laughs> Somebody's like, nah, Crystal, you going into DeVos to everything from <laughs> Nisha's laughing, y'all. <laughs> and we all laughing because we could see it too. We get to see it all happening. But um, I think that just wrapped up everything of even us saying, sent, just take advantage of opportunities, say yes, go to those events, say yes to that grad program that scares you. Um, when someone puts you into that, when Nisha comes up to you and is like, go talk to this person, just do it. And then I think from the stress and anxiety and the fear of unknown, like just take care of the present as best as you can, because that's the only thing that you can control. And Sin, we just thank you for giving us something to talk about to just to really yes. reflect on from a student at former student athlete standpoint from Nisha and Grace the practitioner so we appreciate you Sin yes sir have a good night everybody hey y'all so we reached the segment of the show where it's called it's the hustle for me and this segment is where we highlight Black businesses and resources that support the concepts we talked about. And this week, we talked about student-athletes and their transition from high school to college, college to post-grad. And we just really wanted to provide y'all with some cool resources as it relates to that transition. So the first organization we have is Jonathan Orr's Athlete Transition Services. Their mission is to make a positive and measurable impact in the lives of athletes through empowering programs and services that facilitate the overall growth and development. The organization provides workshops and one-on-one life coaching services to college and professional athletes to assist with their transition to life after sport and help facilitate their overall growth and development. Jonathan Orr himself transitioned into life after sport in 2008 after playing two seasons in the NFL. If you're looking for someone to speak to your student athletes for a host a workshop, hit up Jonathan Orr and his team at ATS. Next, we have The Blueprint by Will Baguette. This is a perfect book for young adults because it outlines proven strategies with relatable experiences guaranteed to help readers positioning themselves for a start to a long and successful career. This hands-on guide provides a three-part process designed specifically to help young young professionals make a lasting impression in their field through effective self-management tactics, but it's also a great reference for young professionals looking to build a career off a solid foundation. I personally have the book and it has helped me tremendously with my professional development as a professional. Thanks for listening and catch y'all next time. Cheers to us, man. Yo, we're doing the darn thing.